0: Hello and welcome to the Film Pulse Podcast, the official podcast of FilmPulse.net. Thank you so much for tuning in. This uh, episode is number 154. My name is Adam Patterson. With me today, we have Kevin Rakestraw. How you doing there, Kevin? Oh, I'm doing pretty damn good. Hey, me too. All right. Nice. Fantastic. This week we'll be reviewing The Voices, starring Ryan Reynolds, which opened in theaters and on video on demand this weekend. As well as Enter the Dangerous Mind, which also opened in limited release and on video on demand. We're also going to be talking about some of what we've been watching, including this week's movie predictions, new on video on demand, and DVD and releases. Remember, you can send us your questions to podcastfilmpulse.net or leave us a comment on the site. We'd love to hear from you. Now, did uninte- you, I, did, I don't. Did you don't do this know. on purpose? I kind of did this week, and kind of didn't, because I did know a little bit about both of these movies, so I kind of knew that there was a connection. I didn't really know how much of a connection, but both of them, both of these movies that came out this weekend, The Voices and Enter the Dangerous Mind, which was formerly called Snap when it played the festival circuit uh, a couple years ago in 2013. Uh both of them are very similar. They're both about extremely so. Men that are schizophrenic, clearly schizophrenic that both have voices in their head and both uh the of those voices are telling them to kill people and both of them are trying to form a a normal meaningful relationship with a woman.
1: Yep. They're pretty much the same movie. <laughs> They're pretty much the They're... exact same movie actually. <laughs> Which is as soon as I got into both of them, I'm like, "Did he do this on purpose?" Because we were talking about it in the last podcast.
0: Like, did you create this thread? Um, sort of, <laughs> sort of. I, it was almost out of necessity, though, because you didn't only two movies around. Yeah, the movies that the other movies that came out in theaters this weekend. You, neither of us were really interested in. I didn't care about. Jupiter Ascending or, uh, what's that other one? Seventh Sun? Yeah. Didn't care about either of those two. But it's,
1: from what I'm hearing is, we probably could have had a fun time with Jupiter Ascending. Yeah. But I didn't I didn't want to pay mo- money for that train wreck.
0: Yeah, same here. Which one do you want to start with here? Do you I'm wanna... going to let you pick. Okay, well, uh, I guess we'll just, we were talking a little bit off the air about Enter the Dangerous Mind, so let's go ahead and jump into that i didn't realize until after the movie started that because when i saw the poster it's it the e the edm was yeah. a different color and i was like what's that all about edm yeah yeah and buddy i realized it's about a guy who makes edm music oh crazy dubstep or i guess i should say ed music because you wouldn't call it edm music cause then it'd be electronic dance music music <laughs> well you can. I mean, people. It's say like ATM people, machine. Yeah, I was just gonna say it's like people calling it an ATM machine. It just doesn't. I you know. like
1: it. I like it. I like <laughs> trying to dance music, music, because it's so
0: much music that you have to say it twice. Or maybe because it's it's oftentimes very repetitive. Ooh. There and you, you go. have to music music. You just keep like waiting that. for that drop. <laughs> Wait for that bass drop. <laughs> uh, All right, so. Uh, I have a synopsis here. A reclusive American composer with an online following has a tentative romance with a beautiful social worker. This offers a glimmer of hope, but his mind fractures as the voices in his head grow louder and more destructive. I don't necessarily agree with everything that that synopsis says. This is directed by Yusuf Delara and Victor Turan. Stars Nikki Reed, Thomas Decker... Uh, Gina Rodriguez, Scott Bakula. And I love how Jason Priestley is on the the poster for this. He, he's got his name up there. He's literally in it for one scene, and he has probably two lines. Yes. <laughs> so, if you're a Jason Priestley fan, don't, don't go into this one thinking that you're going to get your Priestley fill. Because it's not going to happen. You're not getting it. You're not going to get that Priestley fill. Mm-mm. All right, so uh, we'll... We'll start with you on this one, Kevin. Uh, what'd you think of Enter the Dangerous Mind? Uh, boy, oh boy, <laughs>
1: <laughs> boy, oh boy. Uh, I immediately <laughs> wanted to stop it after five minutes.
0: I think we're yeah. I think we're both on the same page as usual. Um yeah. the the whole opening with the the cut up
1: news footage and the, the irritating dubstep going on. Oh yeah. I was, I was thinking like oh my god this is just gonna be like a music video, and it kind of is. They, well, it just seems like they're more interested in the dubstep and like fucking with the visuals to match up to the dubstep music.
0: Yeah, because yeah, we have
1: these like little breaks where it's just like, all right, Jim's character is gonna
0: smoke some weed. Here we go, let's have fun while the dubstep's playing. Yeah, they they like uh, v dj it. They oh my they goodness. mix it up they mix up the video Mike Realm style and... Oh, the smoke's
1: reversing back
0: into his mouth. Oh,
1: shit. (laughs) It's
0: going back in. (laughs) Normally (laughs) we see it come out. This time it's going back into his mouth.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's how you know he's having a good time. And, you know, he's lifting up his beer and that's gotta, like, cut the stutter to the music for some reason. I don't know why. But it Uh, does. Yeah, if
0: if you're not into dubstep at all like a lot of people hate dubstep if you hate it you're gonna have a problem with this movie because it is it is loaded with dubstep it is
1: jam-packed with dubstep you are getting that drop like yeah. every two minutes it's just fucking <laughs> dropping on you
0: i mean if i get it the guy's a sort of a dj he's he makes this music in his home and i, I get that that's uh, part of the plot. I wouldn't say it's a huge part, but it is part of the plot. Yeah, it is,
1: dude. It, it's to
0: drain out the voices Yeah, yeah. But but here's what <clears throat> here's what I don't understand. Maybe I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but there's a scene where Scott Bakula pops in his his mix CD and he's like listening for clues. Did I miss something with that? Did he hear something in that music where he's just like, aha? I think I think he f- did. I found it. I think he did. I don't know what it was, to be honest. Yeah, well, that's, but... <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, he was listening to it for clues, and then he had an epiphany of some sort, and he realized that you know there, there was this big thing that happened. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. again, I think I'm getting ahead of myself. So, the movie's basically about this schizophrenic guy who has uh, a buddy it's that's a, in it's, his head. It's got Jake. That appears and tells him to do things we've seen this a million times before. but that's so exactly whole... why i wanted
1: to turn it off as soon as it starts up you're just like i've seen this before
0: yeah it's just the it's <laughs> just fight club all over again but with dubstep but with dubstep yep. and just the worst schizophrenic voice
1: or whatever that character was just so grating and irritating yeah. Yeah. jake
0: a lot of times the they
1: are thomas decker He's just so juvenile, and it's like, I don't want to hear this for the next hour and a half. I'd rather not. Yeah. I Yeah. I, and and it, I mean, it it, and as irritating as his, his character is, then you have the excessive dubstep on top of it, and it's just a bit much, don't you think?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, yeah, <laughs> a little bit much. I was ready to kind of take a screwdriver to my own ears by the time this movie was <laughs> uh dubstep the big problem i had with this movie is the just the 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 arc of this of this guy doesn't because pay. at first because it doesn't make sense at <laughs> first he was just he was fine he was kind of quiet kind of reserved and then like the original title he just kind of snaps for no no apparent reason and then he commits himself or he gets committed to an institution Jason Priestley gives him some drugs, which apparently do nothing, and then they release him. And mm-hmm. clearly, I mean, clearly this guy he's, is... He's a danger. He's, he's a danger. And he's, then they're, they're just like, all right, well, here's some drugs. See ya. And then he goes out, and there's a big climax that happens. I'm not going to give it away, but... The, the climax I think, doesn't I think make could, any sense. Yeah, I think you could all imagine where this is going to go. It takes a very violent turn, and the whole time I'm like, "What?" Why? I mean, even Why? if he's even if he's schizophrenic, it's still it it's uncharacteristic of him. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, he
1: everything just seems excessive, like and, his, and the whole his
0: snap doesn't make sense to yeah, me. Yeah, it's just like it's zero to one hundred. I mean, it's it's crazy, and the whole time Scott Bakula is telling uh, Nikki Reed like. Oh, some people can't be saved. There's just you just can't fix some people. It's just, it's just, it's just how it is. And it, I, and she, of course, she's like, "Oh, now, people can anybody can be saved." But then by the end, Scott is like, "Nope." Uh uh-uh. uh And you
1: kind of wondering, like, Bakula, why are you, why are you in this job? Yeah, why are you in this <laughs> job? This is it. Doesn't make sense.
0: Oh, I, I will say though, Scott Bakula was the only. Person in this movie that I, the only character that I really liked, but I normally like Scott Bakula in pretty much anything he's in.
1: I mean, I like Jake Hoffman's character, like at the beginning, until his, and I mean, it's not really his fault. I thought he did a fine job with his character and everything, but like you said, it just takes this, like, huge ramp up, just skips over all this character development, and just turns him into something completely different.
0: Yeah, well, that was the problem I had with. And you're just character. like, oh. I, I like was... all of a sudden it's just a new movie, really. Like, they yeah, just is. throw everything away. And yeah. they're like,
1: this is what we are now.
0: And that's exactly what I said while I was watching it. As soon as the big finale started, I said, this is this feels like a completely different movie.
1: Yeah, it almost makes everything before that completely pointless.
0: And they so they, they briefly touch on what could have caused this in him. But I feel like they didn't explore that nearly enough. For it to be, it was like they just kind of skimmed over this huge event that's that happened, and and I I still feel like I didn't really grasp what was happening in his childhood because all, right before we started recording, you and I were talking about the end, and neither of us were even clear on exactly what happened to him, and I don't know if they they did that intentionally, where they kind of left it uh, up in the air about what happened to him. And did he do this or was it his brother or whatever? But I feel like they needed to be a little bit more clear on that so we can understand this character more. Because I don't get, I don't understand what's going on at all.
1: I don't either. And I don't really care to find out, honestly. Which is one of the reasons maybe I did miss something. Because I have to be honest, I kind of checked out after a while. Because I'm like, I just, this is terrible. Just as soon as it does that complete shift, I was yeah. like, "Ugh!" Oh,
0: you know. One thing um, I will say: there, there were some murders that took place there at the end, and I thought that they looked—they were pretty crazy. They were I cr-
1: think- but I. And it, the
0: the thing that
1: makes him snap really bothers me. Uh, it, yeah. Just to help that everything happened there, you know the way that uh, Nikki Reed's character kind of initially responds to it. Makes complete sense, complete sense. And then when he shows up at her work and they kind of talk it out, completely makes sense, very human, normal reaction. But then all of a sudden she's with her friends and it becomes what, you know, his voice is telling him that it was going to be, which just didn't make any sense to me. All of a sudden we're just heartless. Yeah. Like, what? I don't understand this. Everyone just becomes different people which i guess you can say schizophrenia but i'm not buying it.
0: Yeah. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it either actually. So, eh. uh Nikki Reed, may know her from the Twilight movies. She was the writer of that movie 13. Remember that movie? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> All right. She nope. was in it too. That came out in 2003. It was like about the two two young girls. Oh, okay.
1: I think I do remember. Yeah.
0: Now I see the poster. I didn't
1: see it though.
0: Yeah, she, it. but I know. I know what you're talking about. She actually wrote part of that. Yeah. Well, that's impressive. Yeah, she was pretty young when she wrote it too. I think. Um. Yeah. I. I don't. I don't really have much. To, much <laughs> else to say. It's. I would. I would definitely skip this one. It's. Uh. It just. Fe- it feels like a VOD. Oh, it movie. sure does. It's got that. It's really got that VOD feeling. And there's another thing that I've
1: I've noticed this week watching some movies. I've noticed it before, but really this week is I. It really irritates me when people have um, homes or apartments that are well beyond their means. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> Jake Hoffman's character has this beautiful apartment, but like, what does he do? Like he d- helps out with the internet stuff occasionally. And apparently, that brings him in a huge sum of money. Yeah, that he's able to live in a well, black tell you right street. now.
0: I can tell you right now, what he does for a living is what I do for a living, and you don't pull in that much <laughs> money. And it's
1: funny because it's not even like a job job. He just helps out occasionally.
0: Yeah, it seems like he. Yeah, it doesn't seem like he does it as a full time job. It just seems like a here and there type of thing. Yeah. Well, he is schizophrenic, so he probably does pull in a government paycheck.
1: But that can't be that much. No. Because I no. the last apartment complex that I lived at, we had a lot of schizophrenics and stuff that lived there. Because they shut down the, the the institution in Harrisburg. And uh, they're n- they weren't that nice of apartments. I don't think they get that much money from the government.
0: No, I don't think they do either. But uh, Either way... Enter the dangerous mine, that's a big skip for me, and I'm assuming it's a big skip for you.
1: Huge
0: skip. What are you Huge. gonna give this what are you gonna give this one out of ten? Out of ten, I give it a uh oh man. One? Whoa. One?
1: Wow. I just don't understand that the is... point of any of this. Like why is this a thing? That's just, that's pure hatred. I couldn't stand it. It was so irritating. <laughs> Nothing made sense. The characters are just ridiculous.
0: It's just... uh, I'm sorry. I wasted uh, 88 minutes. The the only reason I was interested in this is because it did play several festivals. And that kind of had me interested, like... Because normally, when these movies play festivals, especially the bigger festivals, usually there's something. There's something there. Something interesting about them uh, that got them in. And... But this one No. No. No, not really. And I was—I
1: really. have to say, I was slightly because I read the synopsis, and I'm like, "Oh, a reclusive American composer with an online following." And then you find out that he does dubstep, yeah, and he has like fifteen thousand followers on SoundCloud, and you're like, "Yeah, <laughs> what the fuck?" It's uh, kind of a misdirect.
0: So I liked the—I liked the the effects work, the makeup effects work that they did there at the end. And I also like the fact that at the beginning when they showed him working on his music, that they actually used real uh, like, software, re- yeah. real computer screens. And he was using that program to, down- to rip audio from YouTube videos. And I appreciate that they did that. So I wanted Dude, to am- point that out because they don't do that enough in movies. I they do- always have fake shit. The thing that really got me was the whole... Where they just take a
1: break for him doing his drugs, and they just fuck with the video and stuff. It just seemed well, like that was. It almost seems like that was they set it up with the dubstep and everything just so they could do that. It seemed like they were really interested in that segment where they're like, "Oh, let's just cut it up, and be badass."
0: Yeah, I was not. And I'm just on, watching. It, and I'm like, why?
1: That. Why is this a thing? Like, why?
0: Some people like that shit, though. Some people like those stylized uh, montage. You know, it reminds me of pretty much every Seth Rogen Evan Goldberg movie where there's always got to be that uh, montage where they're partying. The party montage. Party that's montage. Set- that's set to music and slow motion. And they do that in pretty much every Seth Rogen Evan Goldberg movie. But this one was different because this one felt like it was mixed. It was video mixed. It was, if you have those video DJ turntables where you can actually mix video, it seems like that's what they used where they rewind it and do like the, the rewinding with the music and all that shit. Yeah. Yeah. It just, and I think that, let me just say, I think that that's cool. I think that anytime I've seen DJs that use those, uh, those video mixers, I think it's really cool. And if you see any of the Mike Realm stuff, uh, I think that all of that is very cool to see live. But in a movie, that's not, I don't think that that's the place for it. No, because it it really did seem like they were like, oh, all right, let's just pause
1: this movie that we're doing and just have some fun with some dubstep. He's drinking <laughs> beers, cut it up. Oh, smoke going back into the mouth. And like, also how, many didn't,
0: time, how many times did they do the reverse smoke? It's like, well, yeah, we get it. Okay. It also didn't feel like that was that character either. No. He didn't seem like the type of guy that just loves smoking it up. Smoking it up. He just didn't seem like that type of guy. Let's crush up all of our prescription drugs. Yeah, he seemed, he seemed like the kind of guy that would go home and... Heat up some Easy Mac and or Hot Pocket and
1: <laughs> play uh, video
0: games all night until like four in the morning and then fall asleep.
1: Yeah, there's that's just...
0: what he seems like. And then once they're done with that, they're like, "Oh
1: shit, that's right. We got to get back to this movie. Let's just fast forward through everything and start fresh because now we want some violence."
0: Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, you gave it a one. I'm gonna give Enter the Dangerous Mind a. Two and a half out of ten. Oh boy. Yep. So if you want to see it, it is. I also wanted to say this before we started both of these reviews. I am not into the the whole voice in my head movie. I don't. I never like those. So that's a huge caveat to to these reviews. I already. I'm going into them, not liking them. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Same goes for me Uh, Let's let's go ahead and move on To the voices Uh, Now this played the festival circuit As well This played Sundance last year I think
1: Was it a different name?
0: No Uh it wasn't it was the same name (laughs) This is directed by Marjane Satrapi I have a synopsis here A dark comedy about a likable guy Ryan Reynolds pursuing his office crush With the help of his evil Talking pets but things turn sinister when she stands him up for a date. Uh, this, in addition to Ryan Reynolds, stars Gemma Arterton and Anna Kendrick and Jackie Weaver. Uh-huh. Now, uh-huh. Uh, you you started off the last one, so I'll start off with this one. I like this one more than Enter the Dangerous Mind, and it was kind of uh, it was kind of a mixed bag for me. There was there were aspects of it that I did like. Uh, I thought visually it was a lot more appealing than I expected it to be. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There are a lot of really cool visuals in this. I like how she plays with the fantasy world that he lives in versus the real world. Mm -hmm. And one of my favorite things about this movie is when they... uh, The scene where for for the early part of the movie, probably the whole first act, you see his, his apartment... And then all of a sudden, you realize that that's not really what his apartment is. Yes, and when they, when they, because in in his fantasy world, it almost looks it's got almost a a Tim Burton feel to it, almost where everything's very vibrant and colorful and organized and clean, sweet, and oh yeah, it's picturesque. That and that scene when he takes his medication. And wakes up and you see it for what it really is. And you're just like, oh, 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 oh. Yes. I I loved that. I thought thought that that, that was.
1: I thought that that was absolutely fantastic. Because up until that point, I was kind of, I wasn't really that interested in this film. Up until that point, you know, I wasn't really with it. But then when that happened, it completely flipped the switch. And it's like, oh, shit, this is kind of serious. Yeah. (laughs) This is not what I thought it was going to be. And then yeah, it you... goes back to him not taking his medication. So it goes back to the sugary, sweet fantasy world that he lives in. But it's still in your mind. So you right. just imagine See, everything thing. like, what does this actually look yeah.
0: like? You know, you know that it's not like that. After, after, they, after she plants that seed, you're like, okay, I know that that's not really what's going on here. And it's really started
1: messing with me to the point where I'm like, what is he feeding his pets?
0: Yeah, Like, you start questioning everything. 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 I did wish that they would switch back to reality more, because there were a lot of times where I was like, I was really wishing that I could see what was really going on. But towards the end, they do start yeah, sw- switching back to it more once Anna Kendrick gets involved and Jackie Weaver, once they see his house and all of that stuff. But it also made me wonder, because... The place that he works at—he works at this mm-hmm. uh, like shipping place—and everything is so bright and clean, and everything is pink. And it made me think: like I that, wonder if in real life that's just some dingy, nasty-looking. I'm sure it is, uh, like shipping place. And I had a feeling that they were going to show that, but they
1: didn't. But yes, it, it makes you think that everything that you're seeing—you're just thinking, "Oh my god, everything is depressing." Yeah, and it, you kind of—and it makes you kind of side with Reynolds when he wakes up and you see his apartment and it's like holy shit do not take your medication get rid of it <laughs>
0: yeah. i don't want to see this anymore
1: i completely
0: yeah. understand why you're not taking your medication exactly exactly i there were some issues i had with it i didn't like the pet voices i in fact i didn't like the the pets talking at all <laughs> i know that's a i know that's a big part of the movie but i didn't find them funny no. and I just I was annoyed by them. I like the dog more than the cat, just I don't, because.
1: I just want to know why Mister Whiskers is Scottish. Like why? Why did we make that decision?
0: Because that's really the voice he made. This so irritating. But I did I enjoy did Bosco. Like, I like the dog. Yeah, I like the dog because he was much more reserved and normal. The things he said weren't annoying.
1: Yes. And I, and I thought it was to...
0: funny. I thought it was funny anytime anybody would knock on the door and he'd freak out. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was funny, and I did. I did like that they made the cat evil and sinister because that's how cats are. Come on now, they're evil and Come sinister. On. They're they're always plotting, Kevin. They're plotting. I doubt that.
1: Which I it was interesting that that Ryan Reynolds does all the voices.
0: Yeah, I, because it was funny because I didn't know. I didn't know either. And went for like the first, I don't know how how long. I was trying to figure out who it was. Mm-hmm. Same here. I was like, I was like, I know that's got to be somebody, but I don't know who that is. And then we learned that it is him doing the voices. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. He does a pretty good job. He does. He does. I couldn't do. tell if that was him at all. Now
1: the only thing, much like in a Dangerous Mind, one of the biggest problems I had with the voices was the flashback stuff.
0: Mm, mm-hmm. where it
1: just kind of showed his character, Jerry, Jerry's childhood. And especially the one sequence where there's the bunny monkey sock puppet. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. With, hey, with I, don't, dad. I don't know what that added. It seems completely unnecessary.
0: I guess it just, it informed us early on that he th- believed that these inanimate objects were alive and could speak. I guess.
1: I did not enjoy that. I didn't like it.
0: <laughs> I could have, but, uh, yeah, that, that it, I could have done without. And I gotta—I don't know if this is just me, or
1: maybe you noticed this too, but the everything up until the point where he uh, does his first kill just seemed really terrible. Like the pacing was just awful. Like the line um, delivery, and I don't know if that was like if that was intentional because he sort of comes alive, as they say, with this kill. So I don't know yeah. if that was intentional, but, man, it's really rough in the beginning. I was just thinking, like, my thought process was this, like, this isn't even a movie. Like, they don't know how to movie. Like, everything's just terrible. Like, how how are these people that terrible at, at doing this? But then it comes around. But I still had problems with some of the things, especially the flashbacks. Yeah. And then there's a huge chunk, like, towards the end where they just do the characters just explain things. They just have like a sit down sesh and just hash Little stuff chat.
0: out. And it's like chat sesh.
1: Yeah. And it seems like, well, this is kind of, it's kind of lazy. You're just throwing everything out there.
0: Well, much like enter the dangerous mind, this kind of turns into a, a more like a horror movie. Really? I mean, mm-hmm. it, it turns into almost a slasher movie. Uh, there were, there were certain things that I thought th- that I did like about, that in how they presented it i, l- I like the scene when the the one office worker shows up and the, they just and you know like you knew what was going to happen they didn't show it they just cut to her in the fridge yes i like that um they just yeah. bypass it you know what's gonna happen yeah it it gets pretty traditional i would say towards the end with the the gas leak and just where it goes from there, but then towards the, the at at the very end, it goes off the rails uh, in a pretty in a pretty funny way.
1: Which was that? What are you talking about? I would say
0: like during the credits, oh, like yeah. what <laughs> happens right? <laughs> uh, that was uh, I, it's fun. an it's interesting a, choice.
1: Uh, yeah, because I'm not sure how I feel about it. Like that, on one hand, I'm like, well, that's just ridiculously awesome. It's like they don't even care yeah it's just a giant middle finger and then on the other you know on the other hand it is you're like this is kind of stupid
0: yeah <laughs> what the hell did i just watch but that that was kind of how i felt throughout the whole movie though for for everything that would happen where i would be like oh man he this is kind of dark like he had a pretty messed up childhood and his current life is pretty messed up and he's killing women i mean he's murdering people and chopping them up and, but then you have this, this stupid stuff with the pets and it's just got such a weird tone to it. It's just, yeah, it's just a weird over. ass movie. It's yeah, all over it, the place. It's just, it's everywhere. It is all over the place. And I don't know if the comedy really worked everywhere. No, I, it didn't, it didn't work most places for me. I think that I can't remember. the, the I did laugh at several parts, but I can't remember what they were nothing to do with the pets i don't think
1: no i didn't laugh at any. oh the only one i laughed at was bosco changing his mind at the end oh yeah he he stops jerry he's
0: like like, remember what i said before about how you're a good person yeah i I changed my mind that was funny just
1: loses it i thought that was funny and the the date like immediately after slicing the deer's neck he answers the riddle answers the lucifer (laughs) question
0: Yeah. yeah but it does it's cuz
1: his character Jerry is weird mm-hmm. and i don't understand how any of these people are interested in hanging out with him or being in a romantic relationship with him because he is weird he's a very odd person yeah
0: he's he's kind of creepy
1: he's very creepy and i just just i found that hard, that was hard to this is a hard thing to take it's kind of unbelievable and especially cuz they live in a small town And he's lived there his whole life. Yeah. And and it was even a thing, like, what happened to him Yeah, like, they knew. They knew what happened to him. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like they know that they're employing him there and that he, you know, he has to follow certain guidelines and stuff. So, that would just, it was really hard to think that these people actually wanted to be interacting with him constantly. Yeah. Outside of work.
0: He lived in a bowling alley. Yeah. He lives
1: in a bowling alley. An abandoned bowling alley. On his date with Anna Kendrick, he takes her to his abandoned childhood home. Yeah, and he's like, "My mom died upstairs," and he loses it. And she's like, "Aw, let's have a relationship together." And it's like, <laughs> yeah. what? What the fuck are you talking about?
0: Yeah, that was uh, very odd. Just very a lot of odd stuff happens in this movie, though.
1: Yeah, and you would think that because he's on like these mandates. That he has to follow things. That they would be, you know, doing home visits.
0: You would think so. <laughs> I uh, mean But what was what was all that shit that was piled up? I was trying to figure out. Every time they'd show it, he had it looked like boxes that were wrapped it with plastic wrap. What mm-hmm. what was that? I don't I Where think those he was, boxes I
1: think he's just a hoarder. I think he was just a disgusting hoarder with
0: his boxes and his Tupperwares and, and the he, dog dog shit and cat shit everywhere yeah yeah oh boy Hmm. Mm. um yeah not much more to say about the voices either
1: (laughs) i did did you notice his framed picture on above his bed
0: no i saw that in your in your letterbox review but i don't remember what it is
1: it was a framed picture of a flying jump kick oh a guy in full karate garb oh a yeah yeah
0: <laughs> that was that was over... another scene that was the other scene that i liked was when he went to the the, the chinese restaurant and how he how he pronounced it every single time <laughs> like he pronounced it the proper way <laughs> but it just sounded so funny
1: oh that just reminded me too. the first time he eats pizza
0: mm. I, I chuckled
1: at that because he just devours
0: it and i love i love how you just kept asking you, you guys want to you know this the guy's like nah cold peace is not my thing
1: um the the only other thing that uh kind of confused me is how in the world does ryan reynolds look like he's 20 years old in this movie
0: yeah he does look like is this an
1: old movie like i couldn't i couldn't comprehend that because he looks ridiculously young in this
0: yeah he does look young
1: i don't understand that
0: i had trouble with that the entire time i'm gonna be honest I think he he might be he might end up being one of those actors that just doesn't seem to age.
1: I know. How is that possible?
0: I don't get it. Jackie Weaver was pretty good in this. Sure, <laughs> she's good in everything.
1: Yeah, I don't know. she's not. Good Anna
0: Kendrick. Yeah. What'd you think of Anna Kendrick?
1: She was fine. Everyone was fine. Ryan Reynolds was actually he was kind of impressive with
0: everything tough... that he does. He was he was completely into it. It's a tough. Uh, it's a tough role. I think but I think did a pretty good job. It is it, it was kind of a nuanced role because at the beginning just the way that he acts uh he didn't there were a lot of subtleties. I uh, I was reminded of Jake Gyllenhaal in um in The Enemy. How he he just adds these little subtle things with his performance that you, you know are not it's not Ryan Reynolds, you know what I mean? They're not like things that he does normally yeah. in how he talks and how he presents himself like physically, but he, he just adds a bit to it. And I thought he did a really good job. I thought he
1: did too. I mean, he really gets into it for how kind of ridiculous his character is. He, he shows a lot of range. He's got to do a lot, of, yeah. a lot of stuff. It gets dark, which he seems to handle pretty well. Mm-hmm. And then just outrageous ridiculousness. Yeah, and I mean he just seems fully committed to it, which helped a lot, really. I gotta say.
0: Yeah, I think what it boils down to with this movie is if you can get past the ridiculous stuff that happens in it, just the over-the-top silliness. I mean, he we didn't even talk about this, but his the animal his his dog and his cat talk, but also when he starts killing people, he cuts off their heads <laughs> yeah. and becomes friends with them too. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Uh, how did we forget to discuss that? Yeah,
1: I like how that's an afterthought to us. I oh, also yeah, decapitated li- heads are talking.
0: I did like how Fiona would just speak in uh, like the British British isms that that we stere- use. Yeah, the stereotypes yeah. to yeah. give
1: you a sense that it's this is all coming from Reynolds from his
0: head. Yeah, I I liked I liked that. I thought that was that was clever. I thought the Special effects work oftentimes was quite good in this movie. Uh, the The mouths on the animals I didn't think looked great. I get that this is a lower budget movie; they can't, and, and that's something that's hard to do to begin with. But I thought that the prosthetic heads that that they used looked really good. Mm-hmm. They looked very close to uh, the the real actors.
1: I just don't understand how no one pays them a visit. You know. He's, he's out with all these stipulations and it's like, okay, so you live in an abandoned bowling alley. We That's should, not creepy. Yeah, we
0: should look into that,
1: I think. I don't know. Yeah.
0: Also, I think that if you lived in that environment, you would smell all you the would, time. He would smell terrible. He would be. And I think that that awful. would be kind of a red flag yeah, for people. Of course it would. <laughs> it definitely would be. Uh. All right let's go ahead and rate the voices i'm gonna give it a i'll give it a six I'll give it a six out of ten
1: I'm gonna give it a six and a half.
0: I think if you can get past some of the more ridiculous stuff, you will enjoy it. I just didn't find the humorous stuff very humorous and a lot of the a lot of the things that make this the the animal stuff i just wasn't wasn't on board <laughs> with it and, that, and, and that's animals. it's one uh, of the foundations of this movie and i couldn't get on board and that's what that's what really brought it down for me visually i was really impressed with this movie i, I wanted to reiterate that like the, the specifically there's a scene where he's putting something in tupperware and just that scene the kind of I don't know if I can't remember if it was like a like a dolly shot of sorts where it was just panning across the stacks of Tupperware, oh yeah, yeah, for some reason, I thought that that looked really good, and there were a couple other specific shots in there that i I can't remember, but I remember thinking man that that looks r- really good actually,
1: yeah, I think uh, the big thing that really helped this was that whole switch where he stops taking his medication. I just mm-hmm. added like a whole nother layer to it for me. Yeah,
0: yeah, yep. I agree. So the voices is playing select cities now and on video on demand. So you can check that one out, and I w- I would give it a light recommend, especially if you're into these kind of dark, very dark comedies.
1: It's just it's batshit insane. Yeah, especially sure. when
0: you get to the credits. Yeah, you, yeah. You, the you credit do. the credit sequence I, I like that a lot. Although, I, I guess I was a little bit like you. I was a little bit. Wary on it. I didn't know what to think if I was on board with it or not, but uh, I think ultimately I, I I came around on it. I came
1: around as soon as the forklift got involved. Yeah, the forklift,
0: <laughs> the pink forklift. As soon as that popped
1: up, I was like, "Yep, bravo, you did it."
0: Yeah. Uh, there you have it. Let's go ahead and move on into some of what we've been watching. Um, I I can't remember. Let's let's start it with you this week. Okay.
1: All right. Uh, First one I have is the documentary called Iraqi Odyssey. This, again, another documentary that has not come out yet, so my apologies. But this one, when it does come out, if and when it does, it's very interesting. Um, You have to be in the right mindset to watch this bad boy because it's 162 minutes. Uh, And as far as documentaries go, like visually speaking, the filmmaking and everything, it's not that great. It kind of looks like a PowerPoint presentation to be quite honest, where it's just like still photographs, and then it'll fade for another still photograph to come up right. and it's mostly just sit down talking head interview type deals, but it's extremely interesting in the fact that the the filmmaker Samir he sort of charts the history of Iraq through his family, so he has like first first hand accounts of what happened in the various stages, so he's interviewing his aunts. And his uncles, um, his half-sister, who's like, I think like 19 or 20 years old. So he has all these various Hmm. viewpoints from different generations. And they sort of go through, like some of his uncles were um, members of the Communist Party. So they get some detail, you know, when things were transitioning in Iraq and everything. And all of them are all over the country now. Like his one aunt moved to New Zealand. His one uncle moved to France, and some moved to Russia and America. So you sort of get these different viewpoints, and it's really interesting. There's a shit ton of information jam-packed into this thing, and he does a fantastic job of, like, kind of organizing all this information and keeping it very engaging throughout, even though the visuals, like I said, I mean, they don't don't hold you in, except for occasionally you get some you know, like historical pictures and stuff, which are very interesting. But it's, it's tough to hang in there visually, but everything that's discussed is really captivating and engaging.
0: And you learn a shit ton. And that uh, is Iraqi Odyssey, currently not available to see <laughs> in any format. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Well, uh, okay. I will uh, also talk about one that you can't see, that's Tired Moonlight. This screened at Sundance... Or Slamdance, sorry. I did see a, a ton of Slamdance stuff, so you can go to the site and read our reviews for all the various Slamdance festival movies. I wanted to mention this one because it uh, it did win... What did it get? The Jury, jury Prize for Narrative? Narrative feature? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what it got. Sure. So this is d- written, directed, produced... By Brittany West, and I believe that this is a debut from from her, yes. and she edited it also. Oh, she did oh everything. Goodness. She's yeah. doing she it all. did. She, she did everything in this movie. Now, this is what you would probably call an Adam movie. It takes place oh, in boy. a in a rural town. A lot uh, of rundown. A lot of yeah. A lot of rundown. It's a it's a rundown town in Montana. It's one of these towns where it's almost like they're two decades in the past okay you know where people are still walking around on with walkmans nice and, and get <laughs> listening to cassettes and things okay uh but it really it, it is kind of a slice of life docudrama that just follows four main people in this town and just goes through their lives it's just that's it and it was shot on 16 millimeter So it's got this kind of... This
1: is so Adam movie. I know. (laughs) Good lord. Yeah,
0: it really is. It really is. Very little plot. It's kind of like... I would compare it structurally to Gummo, where it's kind of just pieces, just slices.
1: Yeah, like little vignettes or something.
0: Mm -hmm. It's not nearly as disturbing or depressing as Gummo.
1: That's good.
0: I wouldn't call it depressing at all, really. I think that... Brittany West came from this town in Montana and the characters are, are pretty interesting. Like there's this one woman who she works as a, a, uh, a maid at a hotel and or a motel. And she is trying to start up an eBay selling business shows. She goes around and <laughs> buys these little tchotchkes and things and tries to sell them on eBay. And, uh, one of the characters, interestingly, is the... What's his name? Oh, God damn it! I don't have it up here. Hold on a second. It's uh the guy from... I always forget his name. Karpovsky? Uh, Alex? Oh, Alex Karpovsky? Kar- Karpovsky from from Girls.
1: I'm a fan of him. enjoy he's, him.
0: He's one of the characters in this, which is really weird because none of the other people... I rec- I didn't recognize anybody else in this. They all felt like non-actors. It feels like a documentary. It it really does. And just how it's shot and how the people act. feels like there's no script. But then you have Alex Karpovsky coming in, who who normally plays this kind of pretentious Brooklynite, you know, in most most everything he's in. And he's playing this kind of white-collar, working-class guy. See it's it. just weird. See it's it weird. Count. Uh, sorry, I meant blue-collar. Oh. Not white-collar.
1: I thought he was an accountant.
0: No. I don't know what he is, actually. I don't think they show what he is. Karpovsky is a blue-collar guy in Montana. Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's how you it, sell it right there.
0: It's very weird, and he speaks Russian. <laughs> I Apparently, he must be fluent in Russian, because he sounds really good. It's not like one of those deals where they learn a couple lines of Russian for the movie.
1: No, I think he actually is Russian. I think that was in, I want to say the movie Red Flag...
0: Yeah, I didn't see that. I think when he
1: talks to his mother in that movie, they speak in Russian.
0: Yeah. He, I don't know if his mother in this movie is his real mom, but there's a lot of scenes with him and his mom in this movie, and they speak Russian. Gotcha. Maybe, so maybe, maybe it is his real mom. I really hope it's Russian, too,
1: and not something else.
0: I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it sounds like Russian, and Yeah. Oh, I think it is. I'm pretty sure. Either way, uh Tired Moonlight, I do recommend checking it out when it when it does come out. This definitely seems like an oscilloscope type movie. So, I wouldn't be surprised to see them pick it up at some point.
1: I gotcha.
0: I think you would like it. I, I think, think I might know. have to I might have to check this one out. Yeah. I, th- I think you would like that one, so. Well,
1: let's keep this thread going because I have another one that you can't watch anywhere. Let's just get all those, <laughs> let's get all those out of the way. All right. Uh, this is an American indie that played uh, most recently at Rotterdam, the old Rotterdam Film Festival. It's from Matthew Yeager called Valedictorian. Okay. So mm-hmm. I was really interested in this one because this is, this is the cast list we got going on here. Jennifer Prediger, who, big fan. Eleanor Hendricks, I'm a fan. Hannah Gross, I'm a fan. And Tally Meadle which I'm a fan. So we got four fantastic indie actresses. So I'm all about this one. Let's get into it. It's only 78 minutes long. And wow, this is a nothing of a film, which Mm. is kind, I guess, kind of the point. Um, You're introduced to this Ben character who is, I guess, he's a Brooklyn hipster type guy. He's in a band and he's whatever. Got his shit going on. And he's working at this shit job that apparently he can't take anymore. And he just gives everything up within like the first 10 minutes. He's just like, I have no fulfillment in my life. I'm done. He just gets rid of everything. And he essentially just becomes homeless of his own volition. So he just decides I'm going to be homeless with my little my little flip book of paper, just walking around writing down stuff people watching. So it was interesting in the sense that you're introduced to him as the main character and Mm -hmm. then within a short amount of time he just disappears and it becomes more of like the people that he used to interact with. It's just like episodes where you follow them around and Uh, he sort of like he comes up in conversation or they sort of see him, you know, walking down the street or something and they kind of, you know, have memories of him or whatever. But I have no idea what he's trying to say, the director, who's also the writer. I don't know what the point of the film was, what he was trying to drive at, what his statement was, if he even had one. I mean, by the end of the movie, I just, I didn't understand any, I didn't understand the point of it.
0: Well, according but, to the synopsis, it says a striking portrait of this individualistic generation. I didn't see
1: that at all. I don't, know. I mean, he, Became homeless, has like a decision. That was the decision he made. So if people forgot about him, cool. I would forget about you too, because you seem like a douche. Sorry. <laughs> like who's just like I'm going to be homeless now? Why? Why would you do that? Mm-hmm. I th- I just think I'm missing something. Or this this film, these characters, I guess reside in a world that I'm not familiar with. I don't. Know, maybe it's a Brooklyn thing. You- Probably not. <laughs> I don't know but Probably not uh, a Brooklyn thing. there's nothing there's really nothing going on which is a real shame because I was so excited about the cast list and they only show up occasionally and I mean they do a fine job but there's really no substance here I was very disappointed hmm. I was All bummed right. out man That's valedic-
0: valedictorian maybe people people will look out for that to avoid it yes correct Uh it's I saw a documentary called Pervert Park this uh, premiered at Sundance this year. Where, <laughs> so. where, where so. can I see this? <laughs> <So>. <laughs> this one seems like, and I love how I speculate about how it's going to be released. I always do that. This one seems like one that HBO could put out, HBO docs. Okay. Um, so basically it's about a, a community, a trailer park community in Florida where it, it, it's completely comprised of sex offenders. And I know fucking Florida. Come on. So the documentary just follows a few, I think like maybe four, four or five of the residents of this community Mm -hmm. and just interviews them, gets to know, we get to know a little bit about each of these people, what they, what they did to uh, become sex offenders and it's it's a it's a pretty rough, uh, pretty rough watch. Honestly, like there's a lot of. You might imagine that this is uh, pretty tough, just because it's all about yeah, sex offenders. Some matter. of some of them violent sex offenders, but it's also interesting because a lot of a lot of times it gets into the 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 villainization of these people. You know, that one of the characters, for instance. He's in his mid-twenties, I think, and he, he has his master's degree. He's an educated person, and one night he was feeling lonely. He got online, went on Craigslist, started having a conversation with who he thought was a 30-year-old woman, and she uh, kind of tried to get him to admit that... She tried to get him to have sex with her daughter, who was 14. And according to him, of course, this is his version. Yeah. He said that eventually she kept wearing him down, and eventually he said something about the daughter. And just by saying that, it he, he got arrested. It was an, one of those entrapment, you know, yeah. traps. So You just,
1: just got to end that conversation. Just end it.
0: Yeah, and it was it was stupid and he shouldn't have done it, but I also believe that for something like that, if it really did play out the way he said, uh, I don't know if he should be uh, marked for life because of something like that. Because he, he didn't do anything. I mean, th- there's one guy that they follow that raped a... Uh, he raped a, a very young girl. Very young. Oh boy. Like, th- I don't know how old she was, but... He went down to Mexico, and oh boy, she was, like, 14, I think, or something. But he said, I made a mistake. It was a one-time thing, but I should be marked for life for, for what I did. Like, he, he admitted it. And there was a woman, too. There's one woman that lives in this, this one, community who... One woman. Yeah. And she, she got arrested for having sex with her son. Who oh, jeez. 11 and she was a victim of abuse her entire life and her she had a sexual relationship with her father for oh my years goodness. and years and years I mean, it's just it is, it is a tough it's a tough doc you remember at the beginning of the show where you're like kevin how are you doing and i was like oh i'm doing great that's yeah, not the case not, anymore not, not not the case, case
1: thanks thanks a lot <sighs> mm. everything's terrible
0: yeah, it is it's a it's a rough movie to see but it is uh, a very fascinating documentary. As far as how it's made, it's not the best. Uh, it it doesn't do anything uh other than just presenting what's going on. There's no gotcha. You know, it doesn't look great,
1: which I it seems to be the case with a lot of people nowadays. Like all these documentaries coming out, they're interesting subject matter, but the filmmaking aspect
0: of it is just kind of straightforward and generic. Yeah. But it's tough, especially when you are dealing with a subject like this, because you don't want to yeah, you, put you in kinda... all this crazy artistic flair. And yeah, I can it understand could, because that. then it, you know then it seems like you are being insensitive, and yeah,
1: I can understand that,
0: that. That could come off as being you know terrible. So, I get that the that the filmmakers were trying to keep the focus on the the subjects and not
1: you know this is the one that won the special jury award for unparalleled access,
0: yeah, yeah, and special jury award for impact, yeah, and I would agree that it they did get some unparalleled access the The things that they get out of these residents of this community are pretty startling so when when it does come out at some point i would say see it but just you have you be, have to know what you're getting into when you go be, into a movie like be this, ready. so
1: if you're yeah. ready to ruin a day you know to ruin your mind state yeah right that's kind it's of what you're doing pretty
0: much yeah just yeah. feel
1: awful about the world for one day or maybe but i also think
0: it's it's an important documentary, though. I think that it's important that we see the their side of how the justice system treats them and, and stuff like that.
1: I gotcha. We're going to go in a completely different direction,
0: okay? I hope, I, I think I know where you're going. and I'm. Where do
1: you think I'm going? Hit me.
0: American Ninja?
1: You're damn right we're going American Ninja. So oh. I watched this bad boy, and I gotta say, I was a little disappointed,
0: you well. know, no
1: okay this is what i was thinking you know it's called american ninja the cover of it's just ridiculous that poster come on and and just just kind of reading the synopsis and i'm like okay this is going to be terrible this is going to be like samurai cop type deal where it's just the incompetence is just hilarious but this is actually like you know sure it doesn't make sense and the, the plot line's ridiculous and they don't really care about making sense but like it's just below competent that you don't get a lot of enjoyment out of like it being absolutely terrible like the people are actually you know decent actors like i give them like a sliver of credit especially jackson's character because he's really into it he gets so into this movie oh yeah um the fight scenes are you know they're not great but they're not hilariously bad and you that know really, what I mean, nothing's, nothing's like, oh my god, this is so bad, it's hilarious. Which is kind of what I was expecting, so yes, it's my fault. I went in with expectations that I shouldn't have had. But there was uh, there was some good stuff going on here. Number one, I didn't know who Michael Dudikoff was. I knew his name, but I had no idea who he was, because I hear him in songs and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it turns out Michael Dudikoff is American Ninja, so yeah. that was an exciting revelation. And the fact that he just looks like an old version of Ryan Gosling. Yeah. And he doesn't say anything. He just squints. Yeah. (laughs) He's got those really deep set eyes. And then he opens his mouth. And you're thinking like, oh, this guy's going to be like a badass. And here it turns out that he's like shy and awkward. Yeah. Which I thought was a funny take on it. Because everything leading up to him opening his mouth, you're like, oh my God, this guy's going to be such a badass. Mm-hmm. He's probably going to have, like, kick-ass one-liners because he's just standing there with his butterfly knife while they're hacky-sacking. And he's just, you know, not talking or really acknowledging people in general. Yeah, he's just he's just hanging out. He's brooding. That's he's what he looks just, like. Oh, he's so brooding. He's just brooding all the time. And then, you know, they do that first convoy, which I don't understand at all. I did, there's so much about this movie I don't understand
0: Well there's uh, It makes very little sense It doesn't make any sense <laughs> Almost whatsoever. nothing in this movie makes any sense whatsoever
1: So Giant Convoy
0: And they get hijacked
1: By guys with guns And I don't know it The hijackers with the ninjas Like are they working think, in tandem Like with yeah. ninjas that fail safe Like oh if the guys with the guns fuck up We'll bring the ninjas in Which how do you fuck up with guns You have so many automatic rifles Yeah, and you're terrible with them. Like I don't think they hit anyone throughout the entire movie. And I especially love at the end where DuduKov takes on like twelve ninjas, and the guys with the automatic rifles are just just standing standing there. It's like just mow them all down, (laughs) and then you're done. Like I don't understand this. So that's going on. And then there's that whole buddy buddy thing with Jackson and the the romantic thing. I don't think really worked. That seemed really odd to throw that in there. But the, the ending with the one-on-one with the Black Star Ninja was, man, did that escalate? Because he's got thrown stars, and then all of a sudden he's got guns attached to his wrist. Yeah, flamethrower. He's got a flamethrower, and then all of a sudden he's shooting lasers out of the same hand. So in one hand, he's throwing thrown stars, he's shooting, he's
0: flamethrowing, and he's got lasers. I love the concept of and, and this is actually used in the movie, Ninja Magic." Yeah, they don't want to explain it. It's just ninja. Like, yeah. It's just ninja Magic. And in that big climax at the end, uh, if I remember correctly, it just get, it's so ridiculous, and I think wasn't there a guy that teleports in that movie, where I'm, he just he just fucking disappears? This is the number one mystery
1: of this movie. It's Black Star Ninja is defeated and then he just disappears ninja magic style i guess so but i don't know what happened like i don't know if was he like a figment of his imagination i don't understand any i can (laughs) i can
0: almost guarantee you that it's not not that this movie is not that deep
1: but what i love is when the there's this big criminal boss that's hijacking everything and I don't know how a war didn't start in the Philippines because apparently the army's just letting shit happen and they're just like, oh, it's fine. We won't do anything about it. But American Ninja's like, oh, I'll take care of it. So he has a ninja training (laughs) grounds on his estate, (laughs) which is this giant sprawling setup just complete with everything a ninja needs to become the greatest ninja of all time. And when he's doing the, you know, the final confrontation with Black Star Ninja, <clears throat> I love that they make it a point to go through the training grounds as yeah. they're fighting. So they have one setup up where it's just like bags with spikes coming out of them. like and they hooked run up through them. Yeah, and they run through them. And you're like, why? Well, just go around the thing. Like what? <laughs> You could probably cut him off. That's what I mean, like, the Black Star Ninja's ducking and weaving between the the bags, and I'm like, just go around and stab him in the face or something, like, he's preoccupied with the bags swinging and whatnot, just once he jukes to his left, like, towards you, just jab him in the face or the neck or something, and you would have been done, but no, they go through that thing, and then they go up the ropes, like, they both grab a rope. And climb up to get, like, I don't, why are you doing this? Like, why do you have to go through the obstacle course while you're fighting? That made I me laugh. Know. I love that. This movie. But it's not as terrible as I thought it would be. You know what I mean? Like, the editing's not bad. The choreography's not terrible. It's not one of those, it's so bad, it's good movies. But it is kind of fun just because of our obsession with ninjas and stuff in the 80s.
0: Uh, Yeah, I think that this was (laughs) one... reason. Like,
1: ninjas wear black because they attack during the night, so you can't see them. But these ninjas are... Not these
0: guys. Full ninja garb, just out in the middle of the day. In the Philippines.
1: In the Philippines. In the the jungles. And then the other guys that are training are like, oh, bright red ninja uniform, bright yellow. And it's like, do you understand the reasoning (laughs) behind the costume? (laughs) Like, And they're so
0: loud. Like ninjas yeah. are supposed they, to be. and they quiet. Sc- like a, they scream as they're fighting. Ah! <laughs> <gasps> <gasps> ah! And, and there's it's like ninjas are supposed <sighs> to be. I remember that there was uh, the big cli- climactic fight. There was um, they were using like smoke bombs, and it's like you're in the middle of a giant field. What's that smoke bomb gonna do? <laughs> there's a, one of my favorite
1: parts is after the first initial um, haywire. Um, Trying to hijack the convoy and the ninjas kill like eight or nine of the army guys, which again, they're the army's just like, oh shit, we lost some guys. (laughs) No, no one does anything about it. They're just like, oh, keep away from the bad guys on the island. Like pussy army. Come on. And they come back and there's two eyewitness survivors that went through the whole thing. And they're like, Jackson had a look at the wounds. What did you find out, Jackson? And he comes back and he's like, hey. Have you ever heard of ninjutsu? He was (laughs) able to deduce from the wounds that it was ninjutsu. Okay? When they have just to his left are two guys that were a part of the entire thing. They could have just been like, yeah, ninjas came out of nowhere and killed everyone with (laughs) blades and shit. But no, they have to have Jackson look at the wounds and deduce that it was ninjutsu.
0: Oh, my.
1: good It's a pretty ridiculous movie. There's also one time where a guy gets shot and he's like on a balcony. And he's supposed to fall over, but you could tell that he was scared and they probably didn't pay him enough. So when he gets shot, he, like, awkwardly grabs the railing and, like, <laughs> lifts himself up and, like,
0: rolls. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there were a couple, There, there's a couple scenes like that in that movie where there'd be people jumping and falling, but they would show the the soft bags that they would be falling into. It just seemed like everything was so soft in that movie.
1: Uh, good Lord. Good times. Good times. I'm looking forward to more Dudikoff and more of these canon films. I have I have a feeling they're going to be fun times.
0: Yeah, canon films are a lot of fun. <clears throat> uh, the, the, I think that there's like two or three of those American Ninjas. It looks like ninjas. that's I think all I think Dud- Dudikoff did was American Ninjas. Yeah, I think there's at least three of them. So I'm... Uh, he was in Tron. Yes, that's right. Yeah, he he did. He was in Tron. I don't really have anything else. I have one more. Okay, I'll hit you with one more. I watched a Charlie Chaplin movie,
1: The Gold oh. Rush. Okay, from 1925. But what I didn't know is I watched this on Hulu Plus. So to give you people a heads up, if you're going on Hulu Plus to check out The Gold Rush, you're not getting the 1925 version. You're getting the 1942 version, which apparently Chaplin was like, oh. I wanna add voiceover and a whole new musical score and everything to it and kind of tighten up the editing and whatnot. So it's still a good movie. The voiceover is irritating it as all hell. But mm. after a while you just sort of tune it out. But there is one one thing about it that adds some humor to it. It's done by Chaplin himself. Okay. And he does like the voices of other characters and stuff. So they completely get rid of the inner titles that were there in the twenty five version. But he doesn't add he doesn't get into it at all like he doesn't add emotion or anything so <laughs> there's a moment where uh black larson who's like a wanted criminal and a murderer Chaplin just his little fellow character just pops up at his cabin and makes himself at home and black larson you can see on the screen is like screaming at him to get out of the cabin but Chaplin's voiceover is just get out get out <laughs> and that's it <laughs> and you're just like this doesn't match up at all which is kind of funny but there's, I was kind of surprised that this movie was so damn funny. I'm not a big silent film, old-timey comedy. I'm not a huge Buster Keaton fan or Chaplin. I mean, I have limited knowledge of them. I haven't seen a lot of their stuff. But what I have seen, I'm not a huge fan of, so that's why I've never really gone back and revisited it. But this one actually was... I was laughing a good bit of the of the film. I was actually... Really taken by surprise with this one.
0: Hmm.
1: There's a lot of good stuff in there. Just the, the little nuances that he puts into his character, like his hand movements and his facial expressions, this is good stuff. But he's he's his character in this movie isn't he's an asshole. Let's be honest. Like he just waltzes into people's houses and like he's like, hey, I live here now, <laughs> and they're like, uh, can you leave? And he's like, nah, I live here now. And they're like, oh, okay. And he just lives there, like. Why do they let this happen? And then there's a woman that he falls in love with. And he's like, I'm going to come back for you. I'm going to the mountains to get my gold. I'm going to be a millionaire. I'm going to take you away. And he goes, he gets his gold. And then the next shot is him on a boat in fancy clothes. And he looks at a framed picture of her, which apparently had enough time to get the picture that he had framed, but he didn't have enough time to go back to the dance hall and remember the promise that he made and actually get her. He just sort of bumps into her on the boat. And he's like, oh, yeah, by the way, all right, awesome, that worked out. And then the guy's like, who's this woman? And he just whispers in his ear like, oh, this is my wife. Doesn't discuss anything with her about like, hey, do you want to spend the rest of your life with me? No, just makes that decision for her. And now she's stuck with Charlie Chaplin
0: for the rest of their lives.
1: (laughs) He's a very presumptuous man in this movie.
0: And that is the gold rush the 1942 version that's on hulu plus i think i actually maybe i'll try to watch this this week
1: it's pretty i mean it's short too it's like an hour and 12 minutes yeah and there's some very iconic things because i never saw when you see see it pop up you're like oh so that's what it's from
0: okay yeah it's the one where um he does the little dance with the forks right yes which i just love this facial expression during that whole
1: like the dance is kind of stupid and silly but just the facial expression where it looks like he's really concentrating and it's taking a lot of physical effort on his part. He just sells it. Yeah. I never saw this. I should I should watch it. And it's sad, too. It's a sad. Mm. I wasn't expecting sadness. I wasn't expecting people to get shot in the face, but that happens. Hmm.
0: Interesting. Well, there you have it. Gold Rush. Gold Rush. Check it. Check it out. Not, well, all right. Let's but, go ahead and move on to some predictions. Last week, Jupiter Ascending... You said thirty. I said forty-two. Actual twenty-three. Ouch. Mm, we it's, gave it a three on the it sounds, site.
1: It sounds like a mess, doesn't
0: it? Yeah, it does. It, it like I didn't.
1: I didn't know that that uh Janet Tatum like had pointy ears. Yeah, it looks really it was, weird. Yeah, He's I like an
0: elf. I
1: didn't know that. I didn't know that was part of it. <laughs> well, it's a big part. <laughs> pointy ears are a huge part. I, know, I really want to see it just because of what everyone's saying about Eddie Redmayne apparently his character is like one of the worst things ever. Oh yeah? Yeah. Like it's, he plays the villain and it's supposed to be just absolutely terrible. So the performance or the yes. character
0: or what? Both, both.
1: Uh, oh, both. Ooh. Like it's over the top ridiculous and hmm. hilarious. So I'm interested in seeing that at some point in time. Hopefully someone hmm. will put clips up on YouTube or
0: something. Yeah. Uh, seventh son, you said eight, I said 14, actual 10 nice <laughs> wow also yeah, also this week outcast <laughs> came out we have a review for that up on the site that's with nicolas cage and hayden christensen oh man that one looks uh, have you seen the poster for that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> looks i like how they don't they don't even get like talked about anymore i just the I they a just movie with both completely... nicolas cage and hayden christensen i mean wow and they got like swords and stuff, right? Yeah, I, I it, think like, it takes medieval? place in it takes place in like feudal Japan or something too. Oh my <laughs> goodness! <sighs> yes, it looks absolutely ridiculous. SpongeBob, sponge out of water. You said sixty-two. I said fifty. Actual seventy-five. Should have known that. Yeah. Next week we have Fifty Shades of Gray. Oh boy. mm Hmm. What are you thinking on this one? My guess is that it's going to be terrible.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I have a feeling it's going to be terrible as well. I'm going to say 34.
0: I'll say say 41 on that one. Not looking forward to it. Well, I'm probably not going to see it. Nah. I just... eh, I don't care. One that I am going to see next week, Kingsman The Secret Service. I'm pretty excited about this one. I read the comic book, and I, li- I like the comic book quite a bit, but I have a feeling that they're going to have to change it quite a bit, change the movie quite a bit from the comic book, because the comic book's all about... It's got the core thing with the Kingsmen being kind of the secret organization, keeping the world safe and, and whatnot, but mm-hmm. the whole plot behind the movie, one of the plots is that uh, famous people are being kidnapped. So, like, Tom Hanks and, <laughs> and oh. other other famous people are being kidnapped. And I think they're going to have to change that for the movie. But I'm still very much looking forward to it. Early reviews came out for that and said it's really fun and extremely violent. Which is interesting. I can't I wait could... to see Colin Firth fuck people up.
1: Exactly. <laughs> exactly. exactly. That's, what I'm, that's I'm, what I'm excited for. I am
0: down for that. It also has s-
1: just a little little uh, nugget of information here. The watches in that movie were made especially for the Kingsman. Oh, really? By a brand called uh, er, Bremont. Hmm. It's a UK company. So they got their own watches for that movie, man. The watches
0: look nice. (laughs) They do. I will agree. They do look nice. I'm going to say 78 on Kingsman.
1: 78.
0: I'm going to go 74. This is that is directed by Matthew Vaughn, who did X Men: First Class and uh, the first Kick Ass, the good one. You mean the second one's not good? No, That's not second what one I. is the worst.
1: That is not what I
0: heard. So bad. Uh, in limited release next week, we have Old Fashioned, the Rewrite, What We Do in the Shadows. Definitely recommend that yes, one. Yes, 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 yes. The Sweet Blood of Jesus which is the new Spike Lee. That sweet blood. <sighs> <laughs> uh, uh, the last five years and girl house heard a lot of good things about girl house. Ernie reviewed that way back and he liked it a lot. And then I started seeing other reviews pop up that said it's, it's quite good. It's a horror movie. Okay. Next week on video on demand, we have the sweet blood of Jesus. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. Have you seen trailers for this? It looks really bad. I I have not. I'm, I'm not, not sure what what's going on here, but it looks it looks quite quite bad. Girl House, the last 5 years, the Rewrite, The Lovers and The Ever After, which is the latest one from Mark Webber. Yeah. I actually liked his last movie quite a bit. Uh, can't remember the name of it. <laughs> <laughs> Made a huge impression. Apparently. I liked it. A, I did like it a lot, but I can't remember the name of it. Man. Next week on DVD and Blu-ray, we have "Addicted." Uh, I'd say skip that. It's, that that got pretty shitty reviews. Uh, "Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day." I watched that this week because we're going to be doing a Blu-ray review for that. Oh yeah. It wasn't as horrible as I expected, honestly. For a family film, for a live-action Disney family film, it wasn't that bad. It had some funny people in it. Donald Glover was in there, and it it wasn't great, but it wasn't it wasn't nearly as horrible and annoying as I because with a lot of those live action Disney movies, they're just so annoying, you Mm -hmm. know. Yeah, and it wasn't it wasn't bit too far. Yeah, but it wasn't terrible. Yeah, you just sold the shit out of it. Can't wait to check it out. Yeah, I would say if you if you have young kids, it. Might be worth checking out. If you don't, then no, (laughs) avoid. Force majeure. Recommend that. Yeah, yeah, I guess I would too. I got a light recommend on that one. I give it a heavy. Ooh, heavy recommend. Okay. Was I? I don't know if I made it on my top 20. It, It, I think it was an honorable mention last year. Kill the messenger. I liked that one. That was okay. It's the one with Jeremy Renner the uh, true story of the the journalist that uncovered the uh basically how the the CIA was bringing crack into the uh, the country it's kind of um that one kind of just went under the radar yeah yeah came and went it got good reviews but it just didn't get a lot of traction for some reason but i liked it i thought it was a good a good thriller
1: i actually wanted to see this maybe when i first saw the trailer and then I completely forgot about it until you just brought it up there. Yeah,
0: it had a really good trailer. The trailer was really good for that. It loses steam. As it progresses, it starts to lose steam. And I think maybe that's one thing that hurt it. But it's a crazy story. It's, just, it's a very sad story about what happens to him. Mm. Laggies, that's the Lynn Shelton one. Uh, mild interest in that. I was not a fan of... Uh, what was her last one that she did?
1: Um, oh, my God. Oh, my God. What's it called?
0: <laughs> the massage therapist that couldn't touch people. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't, touchy-feely. Touchy-feely. I was not a fan of that. but I was not a fan of your
1: sister's sister. I actually yeah. couldn't finish that one.
0: Yeah, I wasn't a fan of that one either. So, For some reason, I don't want to give up on Lynn Shelton, though. So I'll be probably checking out Laggy's. I probably... Lil- <laughs> Lilt <laughs> Lilting comes out. Uh I heard good things, but that was playing at Sundance last year and I just wasn't interested, so I don't know, maybe that is worth checking out.
1: I kinda wanna see that.
0: Nightcrawler. Uh yeah, I would recommend that. Yeah, I wasn't as huge on it as a lot of other people, but I still recommend it. I think it was it was good. Just for Jill and Hall's performance. Yeah predestination. I've been meaning to rewatch this. I saw this at South by it's the one with uh, uh, Ethan Hawke. It's like a time travel thriller, mm-hmm. but it goes to some really, really crazy places like stuff that you've never seen before in a time travel movie. It's, it's pretty crazy.
1: I'm Might have to check this one out. Cause I've been and seeing a lot, a, of, a lot of people are surprisingly liking this.
0: It's by the same guys that did Daybreakers, which was that other the other Ethan Hawke movie about the vampires. And I like that a lot. And with this one, I didn't like it as much as Daybreakers. And it I mean, it's really crazy. They <laughs> really play with the whole time travel thing. And it, it goes to some really crazy places. But I think because of that, uh, some people may have issues with how it plays out. Uh, Sarah Snook is... Uh, also in this and she is fantastic in it she she does a really really good job so i think if you're into science fiction movies check out predestination it's not what you would expect i went into it kind of thinking looper but it's mm-hmm. not it's not a, uh there's not a lot of action in it at all a lot of it is just kind of uh, told in flashbacks and consists of just conversations it's it's very odd not what i expected Okay. Uh, also Rosewater comes out. That's the John Stewart one. Yay. That one didn't that one didn't do so good. No. No, it didn't. I'm not even interested in that one. No, I wasn't. I honestly wasn't interested <laughs> from the beginning. So. Uh, criterions, what do we got? Uh the
1: first one we have is from nineteen thirty six. Day in the country. Renoir. Oh boy. <laughs> Moving on. We have don't look now oh, okay from 1973 get the old blu-ray
0: little edition. Donald little Sutherland action <laughs>
1: <laughs> epic Perman. <laughs> yeah. in it to win it yeah. with that ridiculous sex scene with him and Julie Christie that just seems to last like 20 minutes yeah and it's yeah. just them rolling around I'm not even sure what they're doing doesn't even look like sex it's just very bizarre they could do some really weird things too like he's i don't it was i was such a confusing time (laughs) that whole section is just so Mm. confusing uh i that's i wasn't a big fan of this one to be honest i liked it i I thought (laughs) it was good but uh, i mean from most of what i see from people is like this is a masterpiece
0: yeah people love
1: it i mean the the setting is unbelievable it's mm-hmm. absolutely fantastic, but the story itself I thought was a little little limp. Sutherland's hair, though. Whew, oh my
0: goodness. And his outfits, too. This guy's on point. I think and he's rocking around. the same type of outfits that he had in uh, Animal House.
1: Oh man, he's got that hair and he's got that
0: mustache and that
1: ridiculous giant blue coat. He's, yeah. out,
0: he's out of control. Yep. Alright, well I think that that will do it. Send us your questions to podcastfilmpulse.net podcast filmpulse.net. We'll be sure to answer them on the show. Follow us on Twitter at filmpulsenet and at filmpulsekevin. And be sure to rate us on iTunes. We appreciate that so very much. For Kevin Rakestraw, my name is Adam Patterson. We'll see you on Thursday sing for Ryan Watches song, a Movie. Sing a happy song. do
1: sing along?
0: Sing a happy song. Get all up and dance. Sing a happy song. Come on, clap your hands. Sing a happy song.
1: These I get, I just, I get the bullshit. <laughs>